If you're married, you want an amazing, life-giving marriage. You want a fulfilling relationship where you feel safe to share your deepest needs and desires and where you can grow together into the kind of people who easily and freely love and serve each other. I think that's what we all want, but we all face the same problem, the other person. If he would just listen to me more or if she would just do what I want her to do, if they would just be more like I want them to be, then our marriage would be just fine. But what if the other person in your marriage isn't just a problem to be solved, but an opportunity for you to experience life the way it was meant to be lived? Jesus said that the best possible life is a life where we learn to love everyone always just as He loved us. And here at Community Christian Anywhere, we are most excited about helping people find their way into the full and abundant life Jesus offers. Throughout this video, we are going to discuss how you can experience that kind of life in your marriage. And I believe no matter who you are or what you believe about God, this life is possible for you. Because no matter what you think about God, I believe He cannot stop thinking about you. He is for you and He only has good things for you and your marriage. We want to help you discover all that God has in store for you. Hi, my name is Heidi and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. there are many misunderstandings about the Bible and Christianity. And to begin, I want to talk about one of the biggest misunderstandings about the Bible in regards to marriage. In fact, I often find that this misunderstanding is one of the reasons that people have sort of kept their distance from Christianity and the church. In fact, it may be one of the reasons that you're hesitant to become a Christian. Because the picture of Christianity that was painted for you is that it's old, and it's outdated. And when it comes to marriage, Christians are all about male domination and being oppressive to women. But you know, the truth might surprise you. So let's just jump in with both feet because we're discussing today the issue of submission in marriage. Now, in the book of Ephesians in the Bible, the apostle Paul, he's writing to husbands and wives and he's giving them some basic guidelines on how marriage should work between two people who follow Jesus. And in the middle of this discussion, he makes these two broad statements to both husbands and wives. He says, first, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, and husbands, love your wives. Now, like I said before, I get how this sounds kind of unbalanced. And I'll admit, far too many Christians have used verses like this one to just devalue women. So I acknowledge that. But when you read this verse from its proper historical context, it gives no one a license to oppress anybody else. It's actually the opposite. Now, I'll show you what I mean. Did you know that in the original language that Paul's writing in, Ephesians 5.22, which says, wives submit to your husbands, actually has no verb in it. It's true. If you were to translate it literally, it reads like this, wives to your husbands as to the Lord, which begs the question, well, where did the word submit come from? Well, it's there. It's just not right there. 
See, in the Greek language, sometimes a sentence can pick up a verb from somewhere else, like the sentence that comes right before it. And that's what's going on in this instance, which leads to the other question. So what's the sentence before that one? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the sentence that begins this entire section where Paul is listing these marriage guidelines, it changes the context for every statement that comes after it. So what's the sentence before Ephesians 5.22? Well, it's Ephesians 5.21, which says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So let me see if I can pull all of this together for us and make this practical. He's saying, look, let me share with you the basic operating system for a Christian marriage. Start here, husbands and wives. Submit to each other out of reverence for Jesus. You see, it's mutual submission. It's not one versus the other. And then everything that comes after that statement, they're all just specific instructions on how husbands and wives ought to live out this mutual submission to one another. So he reminds the wives to submit to their husbands, to consider his needs. And then Paul turns to the husbands and he says, husbands, you need to love your wives in the same way that Jesus loves the church and gave himself up for her. Now. Any husband who would try to use this passage of scripture to justify belittling his wife or intimidating her into some sort of subservient position to him, he just hasn't read the whole thing. Husbands, this is what mutual submission means for you. It means that you give yourself to your wife the way Jesus gave himself for the church. And in case you missed it, when Jesus did that, he suffered and he died. He didn't rise up and use his power and influence to make everybody obey him. He humbled himself and he gave up his life to the point of death. See, I think this is the beauty of a marriage that is led by the way of Jesus. It turns marriage from being this tug of war where I'm trying to get you to meet my needs and we're always trying to get our own way into this wonderful relationship where we give ourselves completely for the good of our spouse. See, marriage should not be a competition to get something from another person, but a healthy marriage actually becomes a submission competition. To submit means you place yourself under another person's authority. It means to give in, to yield, to surrender your wants, your needs, your desires, for the sake of the wants, needs, and desires of another person. And the way that plays out in marriage is that in every way possible, you put the needs of your spouse ahead of your own. In the first episode of this series, we talked about the fact that marriage is a series of choices that you make throughout your life. And the choice you make towards mutual submission is this, I choose us over me. I choose for you to be first ahead of me. I choose the marriage relationship over myself because if I always win, then we always lose. And you've seen this in relationships, whether you're married or not. You might be able to win an argument, but you still lose the relationship. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people because we just can't seem to give up our right to be right. But like I've heard it said before, you can be right or you can be happy. 
Now, you may be pushing back a little on this whole you go first mutual submission mentality. I mean, think about what the world would look like if everybody did this. What if everybody put everybody else first? You know, what would happen? None of us would ever make it through a four-way stop for the rest of our lives. Traffic would be backed up for miles because everybody's trying to wave the other one to go through. Go ahead, no you first, no you first. But seriously, some of you may be thinking, well, if I submit to my spouse, I run the risk of being taken advantage of because guess what? I've tried that game before. I submitted to my husband or to my wife and I put their needs before my own. And they looked right back at me and said, thank you very much. And nothing ever came of it. Nothing came back my way and I got walked on. It just doesn't work. I understand what you're saying, but you don't understand my wife or you don't know my husband. And somewhere in between our selfishness and the fact that we think it just won't work, we just can't bring ourselves to do it. And that's what makes the second half of that verse so powerful. It reminds us of what we learned last week. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Marriage was created to reflect to the world what God is really like. It's an echo of the relationship that exists in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Marriage is a testimony of the good news of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, when you submit to your husband or your wife, in spite of the fact that they don't deserve it, in spite of the fact that it doesn't make sense, or in spite of the fact that it doesn't even work, when you do that, you display this incredible amount of awe and reverence for your Savior. And I know that the temptation is to say, but if you only knew my situation, if you just heard my story, or if you knew my spouse, you'd say, never mind, don't worry about it. But nevertheless, God says it's not about them. This is about you submitting out of reverence for Christ. Now, let me be very clear. If you're being mistreated or abused in any way by your spouse, if you're being put in danger, submission does not mean that you just stay and endure it. Please, get yourself to a safe place physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And if you need our help, we're here for you. Just send a text to that number that you see on the screen. And please understand that what I'm talking about here today does not apply to an abusive marriage or a relationship. But now here's the thing about mutual submission within marriage. See, God's not asking you to do anything that He hasn't already done Himself. He's not asking you to do something that He didn't already do for you and for your husband or for your wife. He says, if you'll just do this and submit to one another, it will show them the reverence that you have for me. And it'll display clearly for them and for the world my presence in your life. And you know, just a few pages over in the Bible, God gives us a picture of the how and the why behind this whole thing. How this way of doing marriage it really reflects the story of God and what He has already done in this world. Now, I just want to walk you through this passage, and I want to show you 
the significance. First, of how God submitted to us, and second, why He chose to do it. It's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. These are also some words from the Apostle Paul. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Now, let me give you a picture of what that really means. I want you to imagine that you're out somewhere and a famous person that you really admire walks into the room. It could be somebody that would just blow you away if you ever saw them in person. Or let's say you just run into somebody that you really, really respect, someone you want to please or impress. So let me ask you, how would you act around that person? I bet you'd be falling all over yourself to compliment them or to say the right things. You'd probably defer to them. You'd speak respectfully. You'd be like over the top considerate of that person. Well, as followers of Jesus, this is how we are called to treat every single person. And in the context of our topic today, this is how we're called to treat our spouses. Even though they're no better than you are, when they're around you, they ought to feel like they are. Treat your husband, treat your wife as if they really are above you. He says, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And once again, he paints this picture of submission for us. Submitting literally means that when I look at my stuff, my interests versus your interests, your interest wins. When it comes to my spouse, no matter what the question or the issue is, it's, hey, you go first. And look, I get that everything in you and in me says, I can't do that. I, I've tried that. It's not practical. It won't work. It's too hard. I'll just get walked on. And as soon as we say that, or we think that, the scriptures so wisely connect us back to the real source, the real motivation behind why Christ followers, we do life this way. It's in verse five. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. Now, let me put it this way in, in really vivid terms for you. What that means is when Jesus was here on earth, there was one thing that he could have done, but he never did. Jesus never pulled rank. See, Jesus was God in the flesh, but he never played the God card. <laughs> I mean, you never read of Jesus interrupting one of his messages and saying, uh, uh, excuse me, could you guys quiet down? Because it's God over here talking to you. Jesus never would walk into a restaurant and say, hey, party of 12, reservation for God. <laughs> Even though he was God, he didn't consider equality with God something that he would just take advantage of. That means that Jesus never used his power or his position as something to be leveraged for his own sake. He never once forced anyone to listen or to obey him simply because he was the boss or he outranked them. He never saw a task as being beneath him, even though they all were. He never used his power, his influence, like a weapon or a tool to manipulate or coerce or intimidate. Jesus outranked every person he ever crossed paths with, yet he never pulled rank on anybody. So, in light of your marriage, have you ever placed yourself above your spouse? Ever leveraged your power or your strength for your own sake at your spouse's expense? But he made himself nothing took on the very nature of a servant, being made 
in human likeness. Now, some translations of this verse say that Jesus literally emptied himself and took on the nature of a servant. See, Jesus had all the rights in the world. He had all the power he could possibly have. He could have had anything he desired, but he made a conscious choice to empty himself of all of those rights and all that power, and instead of leveraging it for himself, he chose to leverage it for the people that God had placed in his life. But most of us, we do the opposite. We leverage our time, our energy, for ourselves first, and then if there's anything left over, we'll then leverage it for another person. But Jesus showed up, and he outranked us all, but he set aside that power, that influence, and he would not use it for himself. But he leveraged all of it for you and for me. And now he turns to you and me, and he says, now out of reverence for me and what I've done, I want you to do the same. See, that's what it means to submit to one another. And we talked about this earlier. How far did Jesus go in submitting to you? Well, verse eight says this, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The son of God who deserved the respect of all mankind allowed himself to be handled by men to the very point of being nailed to a cross. That's how far he took this. That's how far he was willing to go. That's how willing he was. He leveraged and put aside his rights, his respect, his power, even his dignity for the benefit or the sake of people who didn't deserve it. And it was not an accident. See, this was a conscious choice by the most powerful, deserving, respected man who ever lived to put all of that into his back pocket just for your benefit and mine. And now he looks at you, he looks at me, and he says this, look, out of reverence for me, would you be willing to do the same thing? Would you be willing to set aside your rights and your power whenever that's possible for the sake of your spouse, just like I did for them? And incidentally, just like I did for you, husbands, wives, Submit yourselves to one another. And look, I, I know this can feel really hard to do sometimes, but God's not calling us to do this because it works every time, or it magically is gonna fix all the problems in your marriage, or because you're always gonna benefit from it. He calls us to submit to one another because every time you place your spouse above yourself, you display to the world what Jesus has done for you. It's like your marriage becomes this beautiful picture of the great story that we are all a part of. I mean, think about it. The reason God, through Jesus, submitted himself to you and to me was this. He wanted a relationship with us. Because, see, you know this is true. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to have a relationship with someone who uses their power and influence for their own benefit. See, if Jesus had come and gotten what he deserved, if he had not submitted himself for us, there would have been no death on the cross. There would have been no sacrifice for sin. And just as importantly, there would have been no possibility of a relationship with God. So you can't have a relationship with a God who pulls rank, but you can have a relationship with a God who submits himself and places your needs ahead of his own. How can we have marriage relationships that work if we're not willing to submit ourselves to one another. Now, I wanna teach you a simple question that I've been teaching to couples and families for years that I believe can change a relationship 
when it's put into practice. This question is the practical application of mutual submission. Husbands and wives that I know who have a strong marriage live out this question for one another. They just wake up every day with this as their guiding thought. And it's such a simple thing. The question is this, what can I do to help? In other words, how can I leverage what I have or what I can do or what I have access to for your benefit? I'm telling you, this question really is a game changer. It's essentially offering all that I am for all that you need. It's like I'm saying, I'm loaning you me. What can I do to help you? Now, I want to speak directly to the women watching this right now. Ladies, I know this won't shock you, but whenever you ask your husband this question, what can I do to help? Here's what he's probably going to say to you. He's probably going to say, nothing. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm fine. But ladies, ask it anyway. Because when you do, you communicate to him that you understand and you recognize he carries a burden for you, for your family. And trust me, that really does matter to him. And just knowing that you know and that you don't expect him to do everything alone, it matters more than you realize. Now let me speak to the men. Guys, let's be honest. Many of us are just afraid of this question because when we ask it, makes us a little vulnerable. But here's why this is so huge for your wife. Because a lot of times, she's afraid to ask you for your help. Because before she even gets it out of her mouth, she can already feel the tension building, right? She feels the pushback. So before you walk out of the door for work or wherever you're headed for the day, just ask her, honey, is there something I can do today to help you? And, and what this does is it opens up the door between the two of you. It releases that tension. It says, look, I'm willing to use my time or my power or my ability for your benefit. See, when a couple begins to mutually submit to one another like this, and that's when marriage really starts to gain momentum. When you leverage yourself and your time and your ability for your spouse, what you're really doing is you're making a choice every single day. You're saying, I choose us over me. Because I'm telling you, if you never learn to mutually submit to your spouse, you're never truly going to be happy. Because when I won't submit to you and you won't submit to me, here's what you're left with. If I could just get her to do what I want, I'd be happy. Or if I could just get him to do what I want, I'd be happy. So you pull and you pull and you pull that other person in your direction. And even when you sometimes get them pulled all the way over to what it is you want them to do, you're still not happy. You may wind up being in charge. You may be right, but you're not happy. Because come on, be honest. When you choose to pull and force and manipulate your spouse to come to your side, and it's only about you, and when you refuse to lean towards them, when you won't ask the question, what can I do to help? You're essentially saying to your husband or to your wife, I am unwilling to be all in. I'm unwilling to leverage all that I have and all that I can do for your benefit. And you just need to call that attitude what it is. It's selfish. And how many selfish people do you know wind up with a strong, happy marriage? See, less selfish people are just happier people. Less selfish relationships are just happier relationships. But I know I didn't need to tell you that. You already knew it, right? 
But here's the hard part. Somebody's got to go first. Someone has to be the first one to ask the question. Someone has to lead. And come on, it might as well be you. A happy, strong marriage is simply a race to the back of the line. It's a submission competition. It's waking up every single day and making that choice. Us over me. So this week, I challenge you. In fact, I dare you. At least one time every day. And you can do this with whether you're married or or whether you're not married with just the people in your life. Every day, just ask that question. What can I do to help? I hope this video was helpful for you and that you want to discover more of what God has to offer your life and your marriage. Attached to this video, you will see a playlist of more content exploring what it means to live the meaningful life of love Jesus offers. Please make sure to watch one of these videos, subscribe to our channel, or follow us on Facebook so that you can keep in touch with all the great content that we put out weekly. But we really hope that your interaction with us moves from just being content that you consume to being a community that you're committed to. Because the kind of love that Jesus designed us to experience and share with others can only exist in relationships. So please reach out to us through texting the number on the screen and we can help you step into relationship with others who are also engaging with our content weekly. Or visit our website, cccanywhere.com, and you will see a lot of ways to get connected to our community here, including the card that says, join our Facebook group, where you'll be redirected to our Facebook community. You can click on a button that says, join group, and you'll be able to connect with other people from around the country who are learning from Jesus what it means to love everyone always. I hope to see you there. But no matter what steps you take today, I hope you leave knowing that no matter what you think about God, He can't stop thinking about you.